What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Twilight Nine podcast. This is episode 32. I'm your host, Riley. This week, we got the WGC Dell match play. One of my favorite tournaments of the year. I love this format. I'm a huge fan of match play. When it's Ryder Cup season, President's Cup, match play is the best. Uh, I think it's probably probably my favorite form of golf, actually, like stroke play events we see every single week. But to see a different format, guys really step up to the plate and play some serious golf, look at each other in the eye and say, all I got to do is beat you. Love that format. So this is one of my favorite tournaments of the year. So we're going to cover the whole thing. The bracket just came out like an hour ago. So we're going to go over pretty much every single group, pick a winner of each group, a couple guys that I think have a really good shot of winning. As of right now, we don't have a bunch of bets on DraftKings. I think the only things that are variable is actually the guys to just outright win it. We don't have the groups yet. That'll come later. Obviously, that'll be a part of the betting um, segment like later in the week, Wednesday or Tuesday, actually. When this drops, the betting stuff will come out because the tournament starts Wednesday. So everything will be coming out tomorrow, Tuesday. So be on the lookout for that. Definitely, that's where all the information on the Dell uh, picks is going to be. I can't wait to dive into the bracket. There's some really good groups. So can't wait to get into that. We're going to cover the Honda a little bit. It wasn't that great. Like like I said, going into the week, the Honda was going to be boring, and it was boring. Um, good for Matt Jones, though. Wins by five, just a stomping. Played great in really tough conditions. He shot a 61 on that Thursday, and I watched that round. I didn't think anything lower than like a 68 was going to be out there, and he went out and shot 61 crazy good golf in those conditions it was windy as shit it was playing firm it was playing fast I did not think that was going to be out there and he did it it was unbelievable but he ends up winning he bounced back after kind of a rough round and then bounced back and then one by five so he had a huge week we're going to go over it a little bit not that great going to go a pace of play for a second just because he's an inspiration to any tour golfer with how fast he plays so we're going to talk about that just for a couple minutes before we get into the WGC. But before we get into anything, we got some headlines. The first one being Michelle Wee is back this week, which is awesome. It's great to have her back. Uh, she's obviously one of the most famous and well-known lady golfers pretty much ever. Uh, coming up, super young age, won some tournaments, won a major. Uh, she had her first kid back in June, so she's been out for a long time. She was even out before that, obviously. Uh, be a little tough to play golf pregnant. I don't know how you would do that. But she is back this week. It's really good to see her back. I follow her on social media, and her swing looks really good, actually. It looks like she's her speed is back up there. So hopefully she contends because having her in golf tournaments for the LPGA is always a good thing. She's one of the biggest names in the sport. So having her back, I wouldn't say is like a tiger effect because nobody has a tiger effect. But for the LPGA, for the lady golfers, she is one of the biggest names. So it's awesome to have her back. So she's going to be making her first start in forever. She thought about coming back in December for the U.S. Open, but decided eventually not to. I think she was actually, she was covering one of the majors for the PGA Tour. She was on, I don't know if she was in the course or in the booth or whatever. She did a great job actually, but she hasn't been around for a while. So I'm very excited to watch her play this week. Pumped that Michelle's back. Uh, the second one, Tiger is actually so there's a couple tigers home i don't know if that was on the show last week i don't know if that happened after that but tigers home he's back in florida recovering from his uh car accident 
we don't really know any more information. Nothing else has really come out. It's just he's home. So that's always good. Um, he took Twitter and kind of told everybody that he's back recovering. So hopefully everything is, goes well. Again, we don't have any extent of the injuries or where he is in his recovery process, what the timeline is, Timeline is, excuse me, what is going to happen with Tiger. But it's good that he's home. He was in the hospital for two, three weeks. So it's always good to kind of take that next step and the doctors think that he can recover fine at home. So he's back. So that's a really good thing. Second one being with Tiger. He's back in video games. So if you guys grew up when I did, the Tiger Woods video games that EA Sports had were the biggest games ever. I still play Tiger Woods 05 on my PlayStation 2, which holy shit, what a throwback. But that golf video game is like one of the greatest golf video games of all time. He was in a bunch of them. I think, I don't know how many they did with EA Sports, but he was doing a lot. And then Rory took over and those games were kind of shitty. And 2K has recently kind of come back, right? They would do in the, I forget it, what it was, the 2019 like Players Club or some shit. I don't know what it's called. And it was pretty good. And then 2K kind of bought it out and then just kind of put their name on it. They didn't make a bunch of changes. Again, I've actually never played. This is just from stuff I know my buddies play. But they didn't make a bunch of changes, and 2K has been a huge success. And now Tiger has joined that. It's going to be Tiger 2K. I don't know exactly what the what the names is going to be like. Is it going to be Tiger Woods 2K, just like it was Tiger Woods Golf, EA Sports, whatever? I don't know what the relationship is going to be. There's not a bunch of details, but I can't wait for this. I'm gonna. I haven't got a new sports gaming console or just a video game console in general since I think like the Wii might have been my newest one, and that was what 12 years ago. So when this comes out, I'll probably go get myself like a new PlayStation in the video game because I love golf video games, and this will definitely be it because it's not going to be shitty like. 2K is not shitty now, but if Tiger Woods puts his name on something, you know it's going to be fucking sick, and it's just going to give him more money, more branding. Maybe we see more players. Like I think right now, 2K, there's only like 10 PGA Tour players you can be or play against. I'm not 100% what it, how it works out, but if they put in the time like they did back in the EA Sports days, you could play as Adam Scott. You could play as John Daly. You could choose your swing even, right? Like on 2K right now, I think there's only one general swing. Once Tiger puts his name on something, that video game is going to be sick. You're going to be able to personalize it way more. So I cannot wait for that. That was awesome to hear. That was actually announced the same day that he announced that he was returning home. I'm sure these deals take forever, obviously, months and months and months of contracts and all that kind of stuff. So I'm. this is not a last-second thing. I'm sure they were probably going to announce it right around when the crash happened. Obviously, you can't do that. So you wait until he's home and recovering at home, and then you announce this huge partnership. I can't wait for it. It's going to be sick. And then the third thing on Tiger out of the four highlight uh, the headlines we have today is Tiger's short course at Pebble Beach is opening mid-April. April 16th is going to be the first day. Par 3 course, I believe it's a par 3 course. I don't think it's a, like short course and par three course, or I guess could be do different things because short courses, you can have par fours or whatever, but nine holes short course at Pebble is opening April 16th. I love this. I think short courses and par three courses are some of the best ways that we can get more people into the game of golf. Pinehurst is a perfect example. It's a little bit of a money grab just because it's a resort. I still think it's like $50 to play the cradle when you go visit Pinehurst, but Short courses are the best way to get new people into golf because usually there's not really a dress code. You can play the entire thing with just a couple clubs, bring a sand wedge or bring your putter. You can play the entire course. They're a little bit relaxed. Like I said, no dress code. 
uh, the cradle does a great job. They have music playing throughout and little like hidden speakers. That's the way that you do short golf. I don't know if Tigers is going to be like that. I don't know the details about the golf course, if it's going to have that kind of cradle vibe or if it's going to be like a pebble vibe and it's not open to the public and it's kind of just one of those things that you need to play pebble and then you can play this and maybe it's still like a very proper golf course. Um, when it comes to a tire and all that kind of stuff, I don't know the details if it's going to be a little laid back, but the vibe that a course like the cradle has where you can go out there, no golf shoes, have a drink with you, take two clubs and just be out there with your buddies, play 10 people in a group, right? And everybody's out there just to chill and you're not worried about playing time and all that kind of stuff for the weight on each tee. That's what gets more people into the game of golf. So if this short course that Tiger did at Pebble is like that, awesome. Can't wait for it. I can't wait to see more pictures of it, but that is opening if you are in the Pebble Beach area, April 16th. But Headlines out of the way. Let's just jump into the Honda Classic for a minute or two before we do a full breakdown of the WGC, go over the bracket and all that kind of stuff. Again, this is one of my favorite events, so I can't wait to get into it. Um, the Honda Classic, Matt Jones win by five strokes. He played fantastic golf. Um, the first win since the 2014 Houston Open. That was his, this was his second PGA Tour victory. And he just played really, really good. Came back on Sunday after fall, um, after playing, I think it was on Friday, where he didn't play great and kind of lost the lead. Came back a little bit on Saturday. And then, yeah, just really outlasted the field on Sunday and played really, really well. Again, first win since 2014. And discuss his pace of play a little bit. It is, honest to God, inspirational how fast this guy plays golf. There are a lot of guys on tour that play quickly, right? DJ, sometimes they try to pan over into him with a camera and he's already hit, already walking up the fairway. Brooks is the same way. Rory's the same way. Kiz plays really fast too, just to name a couple of the guys. But this is on a different level. A lot of guys get their yardages quick, grab their club quick, and then once they're over the ball, they take the time, get comfortable, and then fire. Matt Jones is ridiculous. They were doing a little countdown on the PGA Tour Twitter. They posted a couple of videos. I think it was Twitter, um, PGA Tour. It might have been like Scratch or something. He's pulling the trigger in like three seconds. He's getting parallel to the golf ball, putting the club behind the ball, and then just firing. And it is insane. I was seeing some tweets from people that were following all day, and it's like hard to keep up with the guy because following him because obviously you know you usually get to a guy and then you wait a couple minutes and then they hit. It was tough. He was pulling the trigger in three, four seconds. It's insane how fast that dude was playing. And then on the other hand, you have Fatso JB Holmes who. You guys know how I feel about Bryson. I hate J.B. Holmes even more, that little fat fuck. He plays so goddamn slow. 45 minutes to hit a fucking golf ball. And then he shows, shits his pants on Sunday and shoots 79. And I think finishes outside like 40th when he was inside the top five or whatever, heading into Sunday or top 10, whatever. And that's something you'd love to see. Get up, hit the ball. I get getting comfortable. Like DJ and Brooks still get comfortable with the ball and then hit. They still play fast. JB Holmes waits until everybody else in the world is done swinging a golf club and then he goes to calculate yardages and walks it off and fucking analyzes his lie and all this shit and plays so goddamn slow. But then you get a guy like Matt Jones who won and takes under four seconds over the golf ball. That's awesome. So congratulations, Matt Jones. Again, we're not going to go crazy into it. He was playing some good golf. He's one of the best putters on tour. He 
can absolutely roll it. And like I said last week on the show, the greens are really easy. So when you pair up a really good putter with really easy greens to putt on, you're going to make a bunch of birdies. And that's kind of what happened on Thursday. One of the best putters on the PGA Tour. And holy shit, he shot a 61 in windy conditions. That's what that does. And it was good to watch. I mean, I was watching a little bit on Thursday. He wasn't in the feature coverage because he played in the morning. So it was only the feature groups. But so sick. It was so awesome to see a guy win, play so fast, such a good putter. It was really good. So congratulations to Jonesy. Uh, wins by five, Honda Classic. Great. Betting results. We had seven bets. I actually forgot that I had one of them, and I thought we had another losing week, but we had a winning week. It was a low winning week, but after like a month of losing weeks in a row, we had a winning week, which is huge. I mean, we won plus 9,000 on Max Homa at the Genesis Invitational, and then we had Justin Thomas plus 2,000 at the players. So even if we don't pick like another winner for the next year, we're going to be in the green for the next year just because we're plus 9,000 over (laughs) over like a month of golf. But we got a first winning week in like a month. We lost JT Poston. I actually thought JT was going to have a really good week. He opened up his first nine holes. I think he was three under. And then after that, he just shit himself, missed the cut. Jim Furyk missed the cut, which I did not see that happening. He finished Friday plus two. I thought he was definitely going to make the cut. Um, windy conditions though maybe who knows he's already a short hitter so if he gets a couple holes that are into the wind I mean he's gonna have hybrids into all the par fours but he finished two over after his Friday round and then the cut was kind of moving plus one plus two kind of hovering in that area it ended up being plus one so he missed the cut lost Neiman he played great going into the weekend I think he was inside the top 15 it looked like even with just a decent weekend he was going to top 10 and win that bet for us but he shot 73 on Saturday kind of pushed him back into like the 30th zone and then his round on Sunday wasn't good enough to get back into the top 10 so we lost that one we lost Shane Lowry which fucking sucked that looked like a lock all weekend and then he went out and shot plus four on Sunday so that sucked that looked like that was going to be a lock we lost that one but then two of our guys finished inside the top five we had Russell Henley plus 163 he tied for third and then we won Brandon Steele top he finished T3 also for plus 125 so that's awesome those are two really good hits and then Sungjae was outside the top 10 with like four holes left to go and I think he made a birdie coming in again I didn't catch a bunch of it on Sunday but Sungjae hit tied for eighth plus 164 so for the week we were up 0.52 units plus 52 for the week very eh but a winning week nonetheless a week in the green which is what we needed a little bounce back week in the green love to see that but hopefully we can kind of keep it going for the match play like I said we don't have I'm refreshing DraftKings as we speak the only odds are still only the pure winner of the golf tournament so we don't have anything uh, to go over there but obviously we're going to cover it so let's jump into the WGC um One of the more entertaining tournaments of the year. I love this place, and the field is obviously loaded, right? Because you get the top 64 players in the world. They're not all here. I think Adam Scott's not here. Brooks Kepka, which I guess I could have included in the headlines now that I'm thinking about it, had surgery on his right knee on the 16th of March, I think. So he's not here. Obviously, Tiger's not here. There's a couple other guys that aren't making the trip. But like I said in the intro, this tournament is so awesome because you just forget about everybody in the field, everybody else that is in Austin. And you get on the tee and you're looking at one guy and that's the only guy you need to beat. And that's why Kiz is so good because he loves match play. When he knows he only needs to beat one guy and he doesn't need to make 10 birdies and get to the top of a leaderboard and stroke play, that's why Kiz is so damn good at this format. And he's reached the final. I mean, he got smoked in 2018, like seven and six to Bubba, I think, in the finals. But he's made the final round of this tournament, the championship match, two years in a row, won it last year. 
and is the only player, I think, the last two years to make it even to the corners in back-to-back years, quarters, rather. So I love this golf tournament. I can't wait. Um, that's why also you kind of see the same kind of guys get up to the top of the leaderboard. You get those grinders, the gritty guys that are just like, like I said, like his, you look at somebody in the eye and say, I only have to beat you. That's why I love this golf tournament players in the field. Obviously it's going to be a damn long list, but it's everybody. DJ roars is back after a week off Jordan speed, Justin T- and a weekend off missed the cut at the players. Um, Justin Thomas, Colin Morikawa, Bryson, Xander, and on and on and on. Um, Oh, it's going to be awesome. Course, Austin Country Club, par 71, 7,100 yards, can play up to around 7,200 yards. Bermuda Greens, Pete Dye designed back in 1984. And a little bit, course details a little bit. The greens are smaller than tour average, um, so iron play is definitely going to be huge. It's not super long, so you're going to go into most of the par 4 greens with scoring clubs, right? You're going to have wedges and 9 irons. That's why a bunch of really good wedge players find themselves in the later stages of this golf tournament because that's what you have to take advantage of. And then along with the greens sizes, there's a lot of risk reward holes like the par five. Um, if I can look it up real quick, the par five 12th, which is the one that has water running all down the left. But a couple years ago, Rory drove it. Like that's where the long guys kind of have an advantage. That's not a par five. Actually, that's a par four because you can't drive a par five. But those are the kind of risk reward things that I'm thinking of is like, that's why this venue is so good for match play because the risk reward of it. That's why you're probably going to see Bryson do a bunch of crazy shit here because the elevation changes, you can get the ball rolling. And that's where... This match play venue is just so, so perfect. The weather, Thursday, um, some thunderstorms in the morning, gusting, 13-mile-an-hour uh, winds. And then Friday's perfect, 79 degrees, sunny, a little windy at 11. Saturday is going to be 86, a little bit hot, partly cloudy, and 4 miles an hour. So that's going to be a crazy good day to play golf. Sunday is 82, mostly sunny with 12-mile-an-hour winds. So the Sunday championship matches might get a little iffy with the wind. And then I don't know why I didn't include Wednesday as I'm looking at this, uh, my notes, because it's a five-day tournament, which is crazy. But let's just look up the weather right now since I'm sitting in front of my computer. Wednesday is going to be 81 and a little rainy, actually, 45% chance of rain. So we're going to see a little bit of rain this weekend, a little bit of wind, but for the most part, sunny. going to be pretty nice to play golf key stats so like i said the greens are a little bit smaller here so approach play is obviously going to be very very important but instead of just highlighting that again it's going to be a couple things one is going to be approach from 100 yards to 150 yards that's where you're going to make your money all the par fives are reachable but if you get yourself in trouble you're going to be able to lay up obviously that's like every golf course in america you lay up to that yardage and then you have to be really good with your wedges in but this golf course the par fours are shorter i think five par fours play less than 400 yards. So that's why wedges become so, so important for these guys. So that's that's where the approach from 100 to 150 yards come in. You need to capitalize on those wedge opportunities when you get them. Not a crazy long golf course. That's why these wedges have to be dialed in. That's why you see guys like Kiz is a great short iron player. DJ, dedicated five years 
of his career the last five years to which wedge play those are two recent winners that's where it comes into play and then putting to win matches you need to make a lot of birdies you need to make a lot of putts you need to hit those 12 to 6 foot par putts coming back when you miss greens you get up and down the putter is huge in match play again Kisner one of the best putters on the PGA Tour for the last decade that's where you make your money in match play is going to be putting so when a hot putter you can ride it when you're saving pars when you're making a bunch of birdies when you're making long putts that's the kind of thing. And it's and it comes into mental. If you're playing a guy and he's making a bunch of putts and you can't take the lid off, that's going to fuck with your head a little bit. So having a hot putter is a big advantage in these kind of events. So those are the two things that we're going to be kind of looking at is wedge play and then putting. You need to ride a hot putter. Uh, data golf information. Actually, when I was doing my notes for the show, they don't have a bunch of information. It's a little bit different just because it's match play. So it's it's not like... The guys are going against, I mean, they're going against the course a little bit, but they're really going against each other and that one guy. So all that comparison really doesn't matter when it comes to data golf. It's just beating that one guy. So they didn't even have any information on this week. And then betting odds, we'll go through the list a little bit here. Bryson actually enters at the favorite as he should because his last couple starts have been very, very good at the players. And what was the week before that? Oh, Bay Hill. His last two performances are really good. So that's where we're going to be doing that. And then, so Bryson sits as the favorite, plus 1,200. DJ's also at plus 1,200. JT's also at plus 1,200. John Rahm's at 14. Rory's at 18. Colin Morikawa is at 18. Patrick Cantlay's at 2. Paul Casey's at 25. Tony Finau's at 25. Victor Hovland's at 25. Patrick Reed's at 25. Shoffley's all the way down to 25. That's kind of a big surprise. Jordan Spieth's at 25, and then you jump all the way down to like 33 with Berger, 33 with Fitz. If you go down even further, um, I haven't even seen Bubba, who's a past champion at this golf course a couple years ago. He is way down here. I don't even see him. Plus 10,000 for Bubba to win again this week. Then you get Max Homa coming off a miscut. Our guy coming off a miscut at the players. He's plus 8,000 to win. He's going to be a guy to look at. Russell Henley's playing really good golf right now, or at least last week. He missed the cut at the players, but he played really well at the Honda. Plus 6,600. Kids, the defending champion, 6,600. So once those kind of top finishes come out, I don't know exactly how DraftKings is going to break it down just because it's group play and all that kind of stuff. Like they might not offer a top 10 finish, right? Because it makes it a little bit iffy. But Kiz is definitely going to be a guy, like if you can bet on somebody to reach the quarters or something like that, Kiz is definitely going to be a guy to look at. Uh, Neiman, Rocky Neiman's at plus 4,000. Cameron Smith, who's been playing some pretty uh, solid golf recently, plus 3,300. Sung trending in the right direction. He's at 33 also. So the amount of people in this golf course is insane. Um, this field is just sick. And again, I love this format. So let's get into, let me bring up the actual bracket here that was announced a couple hours ago and we'll jump into it. So I don't have, it doesn't say like the group number. I'm just looking at the guys in the grouping. I know they kind of, they label it all weird, but the first one on my list here is Dustin Johnson. He's matched up with Kevin Na, the 28 seed, Robbie McIntyre, the 41 seed and Adam Long, who is the 61 seed. DJ, again, hasn't been playing great golf. I think his last two tournaments are a 53, a 53rd finish and a 48th finish, I believe, are his two last starts, so he's not playing great golf. But looking at that group, I don't see anybody beating DJ. That's just how I see it. I don't know if Kevin Na is going to come get DJ when it comes to that. I don't think McIntyre is going to be able to look at DJ and be like, oh, yeah, I can win that. I don't see that happening. So I'm going to take DJ in that group. Uh, the group below that is going to be Sungjae M, Victor Perez, Mark Leishman, and Russell Henley. 
I'm probably going to take Sungjae. I hate taking the top seeds in back-to-back groups, but I don't think that anybody's going to beat Sungjae right now. He's in really good form. He has a little bit of history at the President's Cup. I think Sungjae is going to be pretty damn good this week. Next group down is Webb Simpson, Paul Casey, Mackenzie Huge, and Taylor Gooch. Don't see Gooch going. I don't see Hughes going. This is going to be in between Webb Simpson and Paul Casey, and I think I actually kind of like Paul Casey in that matchup. Um, next one, Terrell Hatton, Lee Westwood, Sergio Garcia, Matt Wallace. This one is a little bit tricky because Sergio showed some flashes, the players for sure, especially in that first round. He played very, very well. Lee Westwood had two really good weeks in a row and then kind of did exactly what I said last week on the show. He was going to be on the board for a lot of guys. And then I mentioned that three weeks in a row playing really high level golf. How are you going to do that at 47 years old? And then he sucked. So Lee Westwood, I don't see contending at all in that group. I think you can only only do so much, especially since, yeah, not a, like he's not even taking a week off. He's just going to Austin, Texas and playing golf again. So I don't see Lee Westwood contending in this group at all. I think it's going to be between Terrell Hatton and Sergio Garcia probably will be my guess, and I'm probably going to take Hatton. So taking three out of the four highest seeds so far, but since it moved to Austin, I think 37% of the top seeds have moved on to the next round. So almost 40%. So odds are pretty much in your favor. If you just take the number one seeds, I'm um, going down a little bit. It's going to be Bryson DeChambeau, Tony Fleetwood, Siwoo Kim and uh, Rosner. I don't know who that is. I'm not going to lie to you. French, French guy. It looks like, I don't know who that is. So I'm not going to pick him. Um, Sung Jae has actually been playing some pretty good golf. I have all these guys recent um, finishes coming up. So yeah, Sung Jae has been playing really good golf. He's trending in the, Oh no, not Sung Jae. Sorry. Siwoo Kim. I was going to say, I already talked about Sanjay. Where's Siwoo? So Siwoo, um, he won. And then he kind of went on a stretch where he missed three or four cuts. And then he WD'd a couple weeks ago and then had a uh, top 10 in his last in his last appearance. So I don't really know about um, Siwoo, to be completely honest with you. I don't love that. I don't love that. Especially they're playing. Let me get back to the bracket here. There we go especially in a group with Bryson. I mean, this golf course, I think he's going to be able to bomb it all over the fucking place. I think he's going to be able to take advantage of a lot of big lines that that par four with water all on the left when you can drive it to pretty much an island green from the tee. I think he's going to go for that depending on the wind. I just think he's going to kind of be able to bully this golf course and he's in good form. So as much I would as I would love to take Tommy Fleetwood because he's one of my favorite players, I think you have to go Bryson there with how his game fits up to this. Again, he's not a crazy good. He's not a crazy good wedge player. Some of the times his distance is a little bit off. And Tommy Fleetwood has a decent performance with wedge play from those kind of distances. As I'm looking on the best on tour, he's inside the top 50 on tour when it comes to wedge play from 100 to 125. So you could see if Tommy gets a little bit hot with the wedges, he can make a bunch of birdies, but also Bryson is definitely a better putter than Tommy. And, and that's what I think it comes down to. So you're probably going to have to take Bryson there. This one is going to be one of my busters. I think this next group is going to be Tony Finau, Kokrak, Zalatoris, and Fratelli. I'm going to take Zalatoris all day. Ball striking is always huge when you need a bunch of birdies, especially when the wind picks up. Will Zalatoris is one of, if not the best ball striker on the entire PGA Tour. And that's crazy to say because he's so young. But his last, what is that, seven starts, he hasn't missed a cut. And only one finish has been, or two finishes outside the top 20 in those besides a 55th. Um, 
so his last four starts are all inside the top 25. So he's playing really good golf, striking the ball really well. I think Zalatoris comes out of that group quite comfortably, actually, because the last time we saw Tony, Tony like forgot how to play golf at the players. So we're going to take Zalatoris there for our kind of first big upset, if you want to call it that. He was the 40th seed. Group underneath that is Victor Hovland, Abraham Anser, Weisberger, and Streelman. Streelman, I don't see winning. It's going to be between Anser and Hovland. Hovland was riding a hot hand there for a while, playing really good golf. Again, one of the better ball strikers. He had a fifth-place finish. Actually, going back, he had a second, a sixth, a fifth, and another second, and then he went 49th and then missed a cut. So I don't know how he's going to go. And then you go to – let me actually bring these stats closer so I don't have to – switch sides all the time and then answer is going to be another guy to look at because he was a monster in the president's cup a couple years ago he played really really well his last two starts are both top 25 finishes one being a top 20 finish so i might i'm gonna actually take answer in that group he's the 27th seed i like answer who knows what hovland's gonna bring to the table he was on a hot stretch and then has not played very good golf recently of of late like the last couple weeks so i'm gonna take answer and then the next one down, Colin Morikawa, Billy Horschel, Max Homa, and JT Poston. Poston, I'm not. I'm off JT. I thought he was going to have a really good week at the Honda, especially in a weaker field. I just don't see him coming out of that group, especially Horschel was playing decent golf there for a couple weeks in a row and then kind of came off a little bit. Let's see if I can find him real quick on this little list that I have of top finishes recently. Um, but yeah, I don't see that happening at all. I cannot find him, but it's not going to be him anyway. It's I'm going to take either Colin Morikawa or Max Homa in this spot. Colin won obviously at concession. Max won a little bit at, uh, a little bit ago at the Genesis. I think this is a great matchup. I think it's going to be one of those two. But let's go. Let's go. Let's just ride with my guy. Let's go with Max. Fuck it. Who cares? Let's go with our guy Max um, out of that group again. I don't know what group that night. I don't know why on this website i'm on the official like wgc championships like bracket challenge they have a little march madness thing but for this tournament which is sick i love that they do that but that they, they don't number the groups which is kind of a pain in the ass but going up to the other side of the group sorry i lost my mic there for a second there we go um going to the other side of the bracket here we got justin thomas louis Ustazen, kevin kisner and matt kuchar this is going to be one of those groups that's going to be really tough because Kucher and Ustazen have been really good at this tournament in the past. And then you have a guy like Kevin Kisner who's been in the finals two years in a row. And then JT who just is coming off a player's win. So this is a really tough group because it seems obvious that you just want to put JT, right? And he's been, he's been good in Ryder Cups. He beat Rory on Sunday uh, when they were in, what was that, Italy, France? One of the last Ryder Cup they had. He's been really solid for the U.S. and Ryder Cups, but Kevin Kisner is so damn good at match play. This is tough. I don't know where I'm going to go with this one quite yet. It's probably going to be between. It's going to be between those two. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with JT. I just think JT his ball striking is so damn good right now at the players. It was fantastic. If I can find Kiz. Yeah, so Kisner, his last four tournaments were a 32nd, a 41st, 40, yeah, 41st, 36th, and then a miscut. So let's go, even though he's a match play assassin, as he's named himself, we're going to go JT with that one. Next group, Matty Fitzpatrick, Matthew Wolf, Corey Connors, and Spieth. I know this is like labeled as an upset, even though I don't think it is. I'm going to go Spieth here. He's the 49th seed. Fitzpatrick has been playing very good golf of late, but so is Spieth. So I'm going to go with Speed there just because Speed's, you know, 
you got to ride with the American, right? But also, it also sets up a round of 16 matchup between Justin Thomas and Jordan Speed. So that's what we'd like to see. So we're going for the little storyline pick there. We like the storyline in that one. So let's go with that. Let's go Speed to get out of that group, 49th ranked, so he can play Justin Thomas and uh, in the round of 16 because that would be fucking sweet. Next group down, Patrick Cantlay, Matsuyama, Carlos Ortiz, Brian Harmon. I'm actually going to go Matsuyama here. That might be a little bit of an upset. People like Cantlay. Um, I haven't seen, obviously, he was playing really good all for a while. He had a second, a third place finish at 15th. The last time we saw him, he was awful. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go with Matsuyama in that spot. Um, he also hasn't been playing fantastic golf, but I just think, uh, Matsuyama comes out of that group. Next one down is Bubba Watson. I don't even want to Christian boozing. I've never known how to pronounce that guy's fucking name. I'm not going to lie to you. He's not winning anyway. Neiman and Patrick Reed. I'm actually going to go with um, P Reed because he's a fucking psychopath when it comes to match play. So we're going to go with P Reed, especially if he can take advantage of his wedge play. He has one of the best short games, which can also be demoralizing in match play when guys are in absolute hell and have no shot. And then they get up and down that plays with your head. And Patrick Reed does that as good as anybody on the PGA tour. And he's one of the best putters on the PGA tour, which is always, that's why he's so good at match play all the time. It's because he does both of those things very, really well. So I like Reed there next group. This pick might be a little bit, not a lot of people are going to go here. I think this is a really tough group. Xander Shoffley, Scotty Scheffler, Jason day, and Annie Sullivan, um, I'm actually going to go Jay Day here. Jay Day's been playing some seriously good golf. Um, the last time we saw Shafley, it was bad. Um, he rode a hot hand for a long time, two second place finishes in a row, and then went 15th, 39th, and a missed cut. Jay Day has been very solid of late. So I think we're actually going to go Jay Day there. I'm trying to find him. Yeah, so his last four appearances, he hasn't missed a cut, two top, two top 20s, one top 10. Um, all top 40 of finishes. So I like Jay Day there. That might be a little little bit of a stretch, but we're going to take Jay Day coming out of here. He is a two-time champion of this event also. So we're going to take that. He has won this event. I think it was the first year they actually moved it to Austin. They moved it in 2016. I think he won it in 2016. So we're going to go Jay Day there. The next pick is entirely with my heart because he looked like shit the last time we saw him. We're going to go Rory. doesn't matter who's in that, the rest of that group. It's Cameron Smith, Lanto Griffin, and Ian Poulter, which is actually, that'll be a great match. Pultz and Roars, they were Ryder Cup partners the last time we saw him, and they were a problem for the United States. They both kind of get all amped up when it comes to match play, but we're going to take Rory in that group. That's, that's betting with your heart and not your, really your brain, but that's where we're going to go. Next group down, Daniel Berger, Harris English, Brandon Todd, and uh, Van Royen. I have no idea. I'm just going to go with Berger. I'm just going to go with Berger in that one. I have no idea who's coming to that one. Harris English has sucked of late. But if he can get by, back to the ball striking he was doing at the beginning of 2021, he could actually be a problem in that group. But we're going to go Berger. And then in the last group here, it's John Rahm, Ryan Palmer, Shane Lowry, and uh, Munoz. I think... John Rahm seems like the obvious pick here just because he's the powerhouse, the biggest name in it. No missed cuts in his last five starts, a seventh, a 13th, a fifth, a 32. The last time we saw him was a ninth. Um, that seems like the obvious pick. Shane Lowry has been playing good golf. I know he kind of disappointed us on Sunday. We could have hit that for a top 20 bet, but of the players um, on the PGA tour approaches from hundred yards to 125 yards. Shane Lowry is fourth on tour. He's obvious. Uh, he's a really good win player. 
So is John. I'm going to actually, you know what? Let's fuck around and take Shane Lowry. Fuck it. Let's just go. So the matchups in the next round for the round of 16, Dustin Johnson versus Sung J.M., Paul Casey versus Terrell Hatton, Bryson DeChambeau versus Will Zalatoris, Answer versus Max Homa, Daniel Berger versus Shane Lowry, Jason Day versus Roy McIlroy, Matsuyama versus Patrick Reed, and Spieth versus Thomas. We're going to go M is going to beat DJ. I know that's a little bit of a power play. We're going to go... Um, Oh, man, this one's tough. Paul Casey's versus Terrell Hatton. Holy shit. Talk about two guys that just play golf in totally different mindset. Usually Paul Casey's pretty monotone and doesn't do much, and then Terrell Hatton freaks out if he misses, if he misses like a 35-foot birdie. But um, we're going to go Hatton there. He's shown, he's shown good flashes in match play. Zal Torres versus Bryson. I know the obvious pick here is Bryson just because I think he can absolutely dominate this golf course and drive it all over the place, but I'm actually going to take Zal Torres there. And then let's take uh, Homa over Answer because that's our fucking guy. Uh, going up, I'm going to take JT over Spieth. I'm going to take Reed over Matsuyama. Um, betting with my heart, let's go Rory over J Day. And let's go... Um, Let's go uh, Lowry over Berger. So quarterfinals, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go M over Hatton. I'm gonna go Zalatoris over our guy Max. I'm gonna go Roars over Shane, and go Justin Thomas over Patrick Reed. So the the final four: Sungjae M versus Will Zalatoris. Justin Thomas over Roy McIlroy. Let's go Will Zalatoris against JT in the final. And I like. Oh my God, do I like JT for back-to-back wins. Fuck it. Let's go Will Zalatoris. Let's get Will Zalatoris a fucking dub, and let's just go uh, Rory to give him a third-place finish. So, you know, betting with our heart a little bit. Some of our guys coming in, that's what you do. When there's not a bunch of odds, you can't finish on a top 20, you just kind of go with your heart and your gut a little bit, that's where we're going. We're betting with our heart this week. We're going to go We're gonna go a couple of our guys in the final round, and let's do it. So, Will Zalatoris, champion of the match play. But yeah, guys, that's it. That's the bracket breakdown. I can't not wait for this golf tournament. Again, the full betting preview is going to be up tomorrow, Tuesday, or today when you guys are listening to this. Everything is going to be out kind of the morning, and then I'll record... Um, obviously the card once everything, once all the betting stuff comes out, but yeah, that's it for the week. Make sure you guys share the show around with anybody in your life that loves golf. Follow us on Instagram at twilight nine pod, follow my personal at Riley Hamill underscores. Again, send any questions to either DM, any questions want to be featured on the show. Um, any comment about the show, what you guys would want to see. I kind of covered it, uh, at the end of the show last week, I believe it was, but starting master's week we're going to start putting out a podcast also on friday so it's going to be a uh, bi-weekly podcast which is going to be awesome a couple episodes a week for you guys and then this week i'm filming the first episode of the instructional series that's going to be going out on twilight nine golficity it's going to be a bunch of different places that's going to be awesome uh rgc random golf club if you guys don't know is a uh another awesome company and motion and movement really is what it's called eric lang um i've been working for him as a writer for a little bit done a a good amount of pieces actually for uh, rgc but they're gonna i'm gonna be sporting rgc stuff in those videos um i'm sure a promo code for you guys to get some rgc stuff will be coming along with that but 
filming our first episode of the instructional series this week, going to be posted probably over the weekend. Maybe Saturday is going to be the spot where we publish that, but be on the lookout for that. But that's it, guys. So follow the socials. Be on the lookout for some instructional content. Um, Check out all the betting information tomorrow or today when you guys are listening to this. All the betting stuff will be on Twilight 9, and the card's going to come out also. But again, share the show around, and I will talk to you guys next week.